All right, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, just okay, I guess. Just okay. All right. Um, guys, I just want to welcome you. If you're, if, you're, if you're visiting here tonight for the first time, I just want to welcome you. Um, if, uh, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen a few people in the hall that have sh- shaken your hand or given you a high five or just said welcome tonight. But I just want to tell you, um, you're very welcome here. And I'm really excited that you're here. You've decided to worship with us tonight. Uh, I'm, my name is Michael Page, and I uh, get the incredible privilege of being the campus pastor here at our Pooler campus. Um, and right now we're going through a series called Heart and Soul. And basically, uh, and this is actually the last week of that series. And so if you missed last week, I'm going to do a recap for you really quick. So like 30 minutes, well, 45 minutes in like a, like a, just a 30 second little thing that you're going to kind of get caught up on. You're going to be ready to go for this series, this second part of the series. So, um, but basically this is kind of like our, our membership or our, uh, just if, if you want to jump on board with what we're doing here, because this is our sixth week of meeting here um, in Pooler. And God's been doing some crazy things. If you look around, you can just see God's faithfulness throughout this whole entire school, throughout the people that are, that are serving, through the people that are on the stage playing worship, who are, who are in the back doing sound. Throughout the entire place, God's just shown his faithfulness in so many ways as he said he would. And so um, I just want to just kind of just encourage you and just, uh, just tell you how thankful we are that you're here. Because, um, guys, without you, without, without your presence, you know, what we would be doing would be in vain. Because our heart is to share the gospel, to, to, to share the gospel and to empower God's people into action. And so that's, we're, that's what our heart is tonight. So, you know, I, I really want to celebrate um, something every time that I, that I speak to you guys. But like I was just talking about God's faithfulness. We saw, we've seen week after week after week where people are taking their next steps. And that's what that's the word you'll hear in a lot of connection is next steps. What's your next step? And we believe in um, if you're following Jesus or if you're or if you're not, your next step would maybe to, to receive Christ. And after that, you're taking a step after step after step. And so many times in our life, you know, we we look for the tenth step or the twentieth step, but God only He only calls us to, to take our next step in our faith. And so I just want to celebrate like the, the last few weeks. Last week we had somebody raise their hand to receive Christ the very first time in our life and to, to go from death to life. That is so cool. It's so awesome. And so as I said, we t- we're talking about heart and soul tonight. Um, many churches that you may have attended or may be a part of or, or may have gone to in the past um, use the term membership a lot. But our goal is not to have a, a long roster of people. That's not our goal. It's We want to have a large number of people committed heart and soul to the vision that God's given us as a church and pouring those people pouring themselves out to see it come to pass. You know, we've seen people across four other campuses catch on to this and we've seen communities forever change. There's people in this room that serve at other communities, Dublin and Vidalia and Millen and places across the campus in Statesboro that that we've just seen God just do incredible things um, because they've caught fire for the gospel, what God has has given us as a vision for our church. And our goal is to make Make Jesus' name famous in the areas that we've been planted. And that's what our heart is. And tonight, or the second installment of this series is, is for you to kind of get um, a, a vision cast to you to invite you to join us in what God is doing in our, in our church. And because one thing we want to do is to carry people with us as we go because um, that's what we feel like God has called us to do. And, and to kind of review last week, um, we, we talked about the, the first part of heart and soul. We're talking about what does it mean to have a growing relationship with Jesus because our, our, greatest, our greatest desire is to connect you to a growing relationship with Jesus. That's, that's our goal as a church. And so last week we, we covered the first three. There's five keys. The first three we talked about were understanding salvation, what it means to be saved. You can ask 10 people in the, in the normal American church culture today, what, it, what does it mean to be saved? 
and you'd probably get about 10 different types of answers, right? And so that's what, that's what we're going to, that's what we talked about last week. What does it mean? What is the gospel? What is the, what does it mean to, to be dead in our sin and to come alive in Christ? What does that mean? The second key to, to a growing relationship was to spend time with God, to get alone, to, to get into the word and to pray, to, to, to be transparent before our God. And the last one uh, we talked about last week was number three was um, waging war. Whenever you become a Christian, the biggest um, you know, the biggest thing that people think is that oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's just going to be all smooth sailing from here. No, that's not it at all. It's going to be a dogfight from here on out. We, we talked about fighting sin. We talked about walking by the Spirit. We talked about bearing fruit. We talked about repentance. And this week, guys, we're going to talk about embracing the four cultures of a healthy church, what that looks like. And we're going to talk about making disciples. But before I do that, guys, I really always want to stop and just kind of take our temperature for a second. Because anytime we open this scripture, God can, has, he has the ability, the power. Anytime we're speaking words of scripture, of the word of God, out into the, into the atmosphere, people's hearts can be changed. You may have come in here tonight and just thought we're going to a church service, but God might have another plan for you. And so tonight, I really want us to have open hearts. Because God maybe wanted to speak to you tonight in a way that you never have. He may want to, be to, to readjust you in a way that, he, that you never thought you could be or never thought you wanted to be. Because what I, what I do know is our hearts here are to see God use us to reach an area with the gospel, this whole community with the gospel. The only way that we can effectively do that, guys, is if we're heart and soul on mission and the vision that God's put us on. And I truly believe that he wants to come alive in somebody's heart tonight. I truly believe that. And I say this every week. I think he wants to come alive into somebody's heart tonight and to, and to change their heart, to, to put them on a path of effectiveness for the gospel, to change their, their sphere of influence. I believe, I believe that he's been working in somebody's heart week after week after week who's may have been coming here and wants them to, to let go of control tonight because that's something that I've dealt with. Is letting go of control, let him in, let him move, let him speak, let him have all of you. And I believe with all my heart, guys, if we're obedient to what God's called us to do, individually and as a church, we'll see a world change. We'll see a community change. Because one thing I know is last week we said this, but the problem isn't our belief in God. It, it may be for some of us in here. It may, I don't, some people might be struggling with their belief that there is, a, is even a God. And I would love to talk about that with you. But on top of that, it's not our belief in God because not many people say, I don't believe in God. I just don't believe, I don't believe there's any, I don't believe he, nothing made the oceans and the skies and the mountains. I don't, I don't, not many people say that. The problem is our view of God has been too small for too long. Having a, 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 a too small of a view of God. And it's time for us to see him for who he is, what, how he's revealed himself in scripture and not how we've created him to be in our own life, the comfortable God that we kind of make him be. Because there's only one God, there's one truth, one King, one Savior forever, and that's Jesus. Okay, and so the, he is who he is no matter what we say or believe. And so my heart tonight is we would see that in a way, okay? So my heart tonight is this, is I'm gonna ask you, this is my last question, is just a rhetorical question of a self-evaluation, is why are you here? There's, there's quite a bit of people here. So what, what brought you here tonight? Was it something that you were going to check off on your list of things to do? Were you checking out the, a new church in town? Was it, I'm looking for a, a church home. I just felt like I'm at the end of my rope and I need God to come through or I'm done. Where, where are you at tonight? Because anytime that you walk in the doors of this church or any other Connection Church or hopefully any church, you're going to, you're going to hear a message of, of hope, but also something that may convict you that God may be calling you back to himself. And sometimes that doesn't feel good. 
but it's truth, I promise, okay? So I wanna pray for us, and we're gonna read the scripture, we're gonna jump right in, okay? Um, Father, we love you, we thank you for who you are, we thank you for all you're doing in this community, we thank you for all you're doing in our church. Father, I pray that you would just come into this place and change our hearts, God. You convict us, Father, where we need to be changed, where we need to move. God, I pray that you would point out things in our life, Father, that needs to be surrendered to you, Father. Father, I pray tonight for the person that may not know you. God, I pray that you would allow them to just um, walk into a relationship with you tonight, Father, releasing all control and surrender, Father, to you. Father, because we know that you're the giver of, of every good thing, Father. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, Father. We know that, Father. I pray tonight, God, that the gift of, of, of the gospel would come awake in somebody's life and heart tonight, God. I pray that the, the blinders will be lifted off, God. I pray that you would speak to us as we're, as we're talking about what it means to be heart and soul. God, I pray for those people in here that already are heart and soul. Um, by definition, God, that they would just be reignited to what it really means to us as, we, as a church. Lord, we love you, and I thank you for just all that we get to do, Father, in your name. Amen. All right, so let's turn in our Bibles. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, it's 1 Samuel 14. If you have your Bibles, it's 1 Samuel 14, 4 through 7. I'm going to go ahead and preface. And we're going to read some of the Old Testament, which I love the Old Testament. I'm not going to lie. Some of the names and locations give me a little problem. And if it don't give you a problem, then I need some discipleship from you because you, you speak uh, Hebrew better than me. And so um, that's, that's good. So here we go. Um, 1 Samuel 14, we're going to read verses 4 through 7. Um, and we read a little further last week. And when you get home, read through 14, and it gives you a little more in-depth study of what the story's about. But basically, Jonathan, who's Saul's son, and Saul's character has just went off the rails, and Jonathan's character is good, and he's going to try to um, do something productive for the kingdom of Israel. And so what he's doing here, he says, on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, and the other one Sina. One cliff stood to the north towards Michmash, and the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let us go over to the outpost to those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all you have in mind, his armor bearer said, go ahead. I'm with you heart and soul. What kind of commitment, trust, faithfulness must that armor bearer have, have had? A, a lot. He said, no matter what, do whatever is in your heart to do, because I know you've been listening to God. I've, I've seen God's faithfulness work itself out in your life multiple times. Do anything you have in mind. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm, I'm on board with what you're going to do. I'm with you. And so he's seen the outworking of the power of God through Jonathan. And so my heart tonight is this, is that this is the kind of level of commitment that we want people to have who call Connection Church home. Because if you have a group of people in here Heart and soul. To just think about this for a second. If every single person here was 100% committed to their relationship with God and to doing exactly what he said on a daily basis, what would happen? That'd be incredible. You'd see just this, just, just you guys, just us in this room, we would change a, a, the face of a community as a whole with just this many people here. And this, this is what I want us to see tonight. Is we believe with all our hearts, guys, that the local church, you guys, us is the, is the hope of the world. And it, it needs people who are willing to commit heart and soul and to share Christ in the circles that you're, that you're planted in, in your jobs and your, and the, your extracurricular activities and the, the hobbies that you have, all these things that you do. Uh, we, our, our heart is to, to, get to, 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 to let you see God in a way that, that puts you on a path of being heart and soul and then being planted in the places that you're at to be, to be having an effect for the kingdom in those areas. 
the local church needs people who are, uh, who are willing and, and, and are willing to stop saying you so much and start saying we, us, let's do this. Let's go together, arm in arm. And as a church, guys, we want to help facilitate that movement as a church together with each other. And so we believe that the church has lived for far too long in timidity and, and, and fearfulness and laziness. And it needs to step up into the role that Jesus said and Jesus intended for it when he set it up with power, with influence, a reflection of, of Christ to the world. Because a reflection that's timid, a reflection that's lazy, a reflection that's fearful, that's not a good reflection of my Savior. He's powerful, influential. He moves things. And so the reason we're here, guys, at Connection is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our vision statement right outside, is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And this is about more than gathering, gathering people together and to, to raise their hand. This is, about, this is not about converts. This is about raising up a generation of effective disciples of Jesus who get it, who understand it, whose eyes, whose, the eyes are opened, and they get it and go out to give it. That's the heart behind this. And you guys awake with that tonight? Are we on board? Are we, are we good? So I, I'm sorry, I just got to check sometimes because I get talking and I forget. So we're we good. Everybody good? All right, cool. All right, I, I, like, to, I like to converse sometimes. So here we go. This, so this is, the, this is the heartbeat of everything we do from the parking lot to the, to the kids area, to the hallway in here, to the pulpit, to the worship team. Everything we do is the, the heartbeat behind that is to connect you guys, to connect these guys all to a growing relationship with Jesus because if we all have a growing relationship with Jesus, that's going to be pretty awesome because you're going to see a whole entire community shift. You're going to see crime rate go down. You're going to see everything change in that community because what Jesus does is he gives us his Holy Spirit and everything changes after that. Is that and that's what I've seen in my life and that's what I've seen in so many people's lives around me and I've seen that and that's what I want for us as a church. This is through everything we do. That's what I'm, that's my heart. And that's our heart as a church. And so, like I said, last week we started going through heart and soul and we've talked about the five, um, the, the, what it looks like to be in a growing relationship with Jesus. We, like I said, we talked about understanding what salvation is. We talked about spending time with God and we talked about, um, fighting or waging war. And this, this, this week, we're going to go through the last two. It's going to be um, em embracing the four cultures of the church. This is number four, if you were taking notes last week. So you can just pick back up three to four. Four, four. here we go. Embracing the cultures of the healthy church. And we believe that according to Scripture, guys, if you read this from front to back, all throughout Scripture, we believe there are four cultures that exist in the life of every healthy believer. There's a health, there, healthy is a big word in that sentence. The first one, we, we've already talked about these in our blueprint series because I'm going to blow through these kind of quickly. The first one is evangelism. You, you cannot be truly saved and not care about the lost. That, that, that burns somebody a little bit. You can't be truly saved and not, not care about somebody lost. It, it, that, it's, not, it's not what God's put in you. Romans 10, 12 through 14 says this, and it'll be on the screen. You don't have to turn there real quick. It says, uh, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. We're all one. We're all one here. For the name, for the, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. And then it quotes Joel 2. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's encouraging, right? That's exciting. That's exciting. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they not heard? And how are they to hear without someone going to preach? For so long, the church has depended on the pastors to go preach, has depended on the Sunday school teachers to go preach. But that's not what I see here. 
I see Christians being enabled, equipped by the church. It says in Ephesians 4, to equip the saints for the works of the gospel, to be sent out into the community to change a community with the gospel. And so evangelism, when I'm under, J.D. Greer, one of my favorite pastors says, with the discovery of the gospel comes the responsibility to spread the gospel. When you understand, when you get it, it, it come, there's a responsibility that comes on you to give it. We haven't received to get and just hoard and hold on to. We've received to give. And I believe with all my heart that a church is not a church when the passion for souls is gone. I believe, I don't, I believe a church is not a church when the passion for the lost is gone. We have to be more concerned with reaching the lost than pampering the saved. We have to be. According to the gospel, that's what we have to to focus on. Our hearts have to be more about going after people who are far from God, who are far from Jesus, and telling them there's a better, a greater, something greater to live for. There's hope. There's something more to this life, to to stir people's hearts, to awaken to the truth of the gospel. And I I just feel in my heart, I've said the word awaken a few times tonight for some reason, and I feel like like awakening is maybe the theme of the night, that that God may be trying to awaken our hearts to something. Because I've I've understood for a long time, myself included in this, is that I found myself asleep at the wheel for a long time, claiming to know Christ, but denying him by the way that I've lived. And so in the same way that, that non-believers come to an awakening and their lives change completely, is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that, that, that the new is come and the old is gone, that awakening that happens in our soul, the new spirit, the, the new spirit that God gives us. And so tonight, that, that may be some of us that, that need to have a, an awakening in our hearts, but that's what our goal is as Christians. And a couple of weeks ago when we talked about evangelism, I, can, I compared we talked about uh, evangelism to fire. Do y'all remember that? Evangelism to fire. We compared evangelism to fire. We said evangelism occurs when Christians are so ignited by their contact with Jesus that they in turn set other fires. You get that? It, it's so, and you think about that, it's, so, it's cool imagery because I'm very, my imagery is, is just big. It's so easy to determine when something's on fire, right? If you wake up in the middle of the night and your house is on fire, it's like, oh, there's a fire. You know there's a fire because there's smoke, it's hot, and you, you gotta, you got to do something. It gives off heat, it affects the environment around it, and it spreads and ignites other things around it. And so any fire that does not spread, what does it do? Eventually goes out, burns out. And so what I was saying in that is my, a church without evangelism is a contradiction. You get that? A church without evangelism is a contradiction. and It's just as fire that does not burn is a contradiction. Y'all hear, y'all hear that? That's what I'm going to say tonight is that we have to, we have to be embracing evangelism to, to be on that growing relationship with Jesus. All right, the second culture we talked about is serving. First one was evangelism, the second one serving. And we said saved people serve people. Someone who comes to Christ and seeing how much God has done for us through Christ can't help do anything more than serve Christ. Philippians 2, we talked about that. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's tough. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And that's our heart, to embrace the culture of serving in our church 
We serve because Jesus first served us by coming and, and dying in our place, living a life that we couldn't live. That's what I want, that's what I want you to see. He, he came as an example. John 13, 15, we talked about that. It said, I've, I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. And so that's what we have to understand is we serve because the weight of what Jesus did in leaving heaven and coming to earth to die for us is overwhelming. And that's another thing we need to come awake to, to understand Jesus leaving a throne that our human minds cannot comprehend to come to an earth to serve humans that he created and die for them. That is unimaginable in my mind. And so that's what we have to come away to. That's why we serve. We talked about, we talked about three reasons. We said, why, why do we serve? Well, Jesus served us is what we said. Does our attitude towards serving reflect Christ or not? Think about that for a second. Just a personal, just a personal, um, just an inventory. Jesus saved us. That's the second thing. Jesus saved us. Do we live with a passion to see other people saved? Or do we just, are we kind of indifferent about it? Well, if, we get, if they get saved, great. If not, that's fine too. Do, where are we at on that? The last one is, is Jesus sent us. Jesus sent us on a mission. Matthew 28, sent us out. Do we live like we're sent by the creator of the universe? That's a big deal. It's a big thing. That's huge. Serving, serve people, serve people. The third thing is community. The third thing, the, four, the third of the four cultures is community. And Buck was here um, a while ago. He was preaching on this, and um, I love Buck. He's so fired up about everything, literally. Um, he's such a great guy. He, he talked about community. He talked about Acts 2, about what the church looked like um, whenever Jesus left, whenever he empowered him. Peter was preaching that 3,000 people got saved. They were baptized, and they were living together in, in the same community, and they were, they were eating together and spending time together and on mission together. And what we see is at our church, we have something called connect groups. Who in here is in a connect group? Raise your hand. Love that. It's awesome. If you didn't raise your hand, I was taking a mental image so I can get you after church. <laughs> so, um, so my point is this, is that this is where life change happens at. If, if you join a connect group, if you give your heart to those people and, and, ex, and expectations of them giving themselves back to you, like things change when life on life happens. Iron sharpening iron. Our cultures of our connect groups, growth, care, mission. Growth, care, mission. If you're caring about the person to your left or your right about their growth, if you're caring for them, if you're, if you're on mission with that person, something happens in your heart. You get bound together at the heart level, and, you, and something happens that makes everything that Jesus said make perfect sense. Like, we're on mission together. And, I, and, I, and the perfect imagery for this, I'm, like I said, I'm going back to imagery, is who's ever been seeing the Redwood Forest out in California and the areas out there? Two, three, people, three or four people. That's good. Redwoods are just, I, they're, they're, I, I've never actually visually seen them personally, but I've seen pictures. How about that? And so, yeah. And so um, they're, they're huge. And I did some research on them. Some of them are over 300 foot tall. Um, some of them are 2,500 years old. I was amazed by that fact. But I was sitting there thinking, man, those, those things, you could drive cars through them almost. If, if you cut a hole, you could drive a car through them. They're huge. And so these things must have this huge tap root that goes like, miles down into the earth. It has to. And so I did like a, a study of the anatomy of the redwood trees and they have very shallow roots. I'm a nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff. Sorry, everybody's laughing, whatever. They have shallow roots, a very shallow root system. And what happens is the one on the left and one on the right, they entangle their roots together. So when a, tor when a storm comes and they blow from left to right and front, okay. Um, so they're, they're, their roots are entangled. And so whenever one, they, well, they hold each other up from the root level. 
And that's the same way it is in community. In our, in, our, in our connect groups, we hold each other up at the root. Whenever someone's swaying, whenever someone's falling, we bring them back. That's what the Bible says. And that, that's what it looks like. And we want every one of our groups to have healthy, upward, inward, and outward postures. That's our heart. We want people to have an upward, up, uh, a healthy upward posture. That's the growth part. Jesus is lifted high in your group and in your lives. We want them to have a healthy inward. That's care. We, 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 we want to care for each other in uncommon ways. And we want to have a good outward posture as well. We're seeking those outside the church, seeking those people outside the church that, that may not know Christ. And so, and guys, that's what I want you to hear is this is the church, your connect groups, the people you do life with, you worship with, you pray with, you study with. The church was meant to be the centerpiece of your life if you're a Christian. You look in Acts, and that's the way it is. It's not just something, that a portion of your life. It's not a, it's not a compartment. It's meant to be the centerpiece, something that you, not just something that you fit in between um, the, the TV show and dinner or, or Sunday sports. It's, it's meant to be the centerpiece of who you are because Christ loved the church so much that he gave his life for it. This is the church. You look around you, this is the church. This building is not the church. The church, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the people. These are the centerpiece of our life as, as believers. And that's what we want. We want to have people who are devoting themselves to each other. That means they put their money, their time, their energy into church, into their community, into, the, into each other. They invested into what the gospel invested into them. And they saw the world around them change. It changed completely. Go read through Acts. It'll blow your mind what God did to those people who were invested, who were devoted to what he called them to do. And number four is generosity. This is where everybody um, turned off that week I was preaching. I'm just kidding. Generosity. We're talking about giving, to be generous. We're talking about money. We're talking about time. We're talking about energy. This, our giving is the greatest indicator of our hearts. You want to know where your heart is? Look Look how well or how poorly you give whether it's money, whether it's time, or to other people. Um, how are you generous? But if, we have, if we've been saved by great generosity, by a great father, shouldn't we ought to also be generous people, right? That, that needs to be the way that it is. The, the great paradox in this is that, that we love when people are generous towards us, don't we? Who likes a generous person? Everybody in this room loves generous people because they're giving to me. But we struggle being generous towards other things, right? That's the human way. And so my heart behind that is, guys, that's what, the, that's what held the church back. That's what's held the church back for so long in our country. We love to receive from God. Lord God, give me the blessings and give us your spirit. And let's raise our hands and worship and, and bow down before you, God. We love you and give us the, I need this, God, I need this. And, and we, we, but we struggle giving back to God the things he called us to give him, right? And we talked about before, we can, we can use tithing as a, as a thing. The Bible talks about it all throughout scripture. And it's, we, you know, the, the church, I, I, did, I gave you some statistics about tithing in churches and things. And it said 50% of people that are, said they're members of church aren't even giving to the church. On top of that, they're only giving 2.5% of their income. And we're not talking about giving here. We're talking about generosity. We're, we're, we're taking a temperature of where our heart is as American Christians, as a whole. And I've said this 400 times that week, my heart is not for your wallet. My heart is for you to see Jesus for who he really is because Jesus has your heart. He has every area of your life. And that's what I want for every person in here because he can do something in your life that you never thought possible because if you have breath, you have purpose. And if you have purpose, you have call. 
And he's called all of us for a specific purpose in this room. And I want to see you guys um, just uh, bud into that. And so um, tonight, that's, that's my heart. And so we see these guys in Acts 2. These people got so generous, so fired up for what God was doing that they started selling their possessions so that, so that they could give to other people and make sure people's needs were met. How crazy is that? Have we heard many people doing that in our, in our culture? No, we haven't. This, this was a church in action. They, they listened to God. They did what he said. They realized that they had been blessed by God to bless others, to help build the kingdom as God had, had laid out through the life of Jesus. They watched Jesus live, and they said, okay, I'm going to follow in step with that. And Jesus was generous. And as a church, guys, we give so that the kingdom may be built and change the face of the community that we're planted in. If I asked the question, I'm sure everybody would raise their hand whenever I said, who wants to see Pooler change for the kingdom of God? If you didn't, I don't think you'd be sitting here tonight. My heart tonight, guys, is this. If we're a generous people with our time, our money, our energy, our efforts, then we'll see a community change. And that's my heart. That's our heart as a church. And I believe, guys, it is impossible to grow in our relationship with Jesus and not grow in these four cultures. Because if your life looks like Christ, these four cultures are going to be very evident and growing in your life. This is what's going to happen. It's just going, it's going to a natural occurrence. All right, that was number four, embracing the four cultures. Number five is the last one. It is making disciples. Five keys to a growing relationship with God. This last one is making disciples. And this is another actionable step. You know, and one of the, like I said, I could, ask, I could ask all of you what a disciple is, and I get a lot of different answers. But I tried to get as biblically as possible with this answer through, through, the, through our heart and soul book at church. And we, we worked through this and talked through this. And this is what we came up with. It says this. It says, someone who follows Jesus, that means following Jesus means reading the Bible, watching Jesus' life through Scripture, and mimicking his life as it's laid out in Scripture. Just kind of clarifying that. Okay? Walking, following, in step with Jesus. Someone who follows Jesus, someone who is being transformed by Jesus, and someone who joins Jesus on mission. If it's important to him, it's important to me. That's where it's at. Um, God's purpose for your life, guys, as a Christian, is for you to be a disciple maker. It's not for you to come get saved, to, get, to, to become a Christian, to become a believer in Christ, and to sit on your hands and be ineffective. That's why a lot of people don't see the use in becoming a Christian, because they see Christians not doing their jobs. You know, they don't see any life change in people because people aren't surrendering their lives to Christ. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, probably one of the most popular verses in the Bible on this. says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. That's the big point. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Teaching other people to follow Jesus like you follow Jesus. That's, that's, that's what making a disciple is, very, very bluntly. So my question tonight is, whenever God put this on my heart to ask you, this made me want to throw up. I'll be completely honest with you, but this question, we have to ask ourselves, what if someone else followed Jesus just like you do? And when I, read, when I thought about that, <laughs> I said, I can't say that. I can't, I don't know if I, I follow Jesus the way I should all the time. What if someone else followed Jesus just like you? Would that person be a healthy disciple? You know, as Christians, that's what, that should be our goal. And A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite pastors, is, he says, only a disciple can make a disciple. 
Only when you become alive in Christ, when you see him for who he is, and you start following him, and even Paul says, follow me only as I follow Christ. And so we have to understand, as, as we're following Jesus, we need to be leading others to Jesus. It has to be that way. How do, the best way I can think of it, guys, is you can look at Matthew 28 when you're trying to figure out how to make disciples. Three words that stick out to me are go, baptize, and teach to obey. Those three things. Go, be actional, move. This doesn't happen just by chance. Go do it. Go get up and move. Action steps. Go and make disciples. Number two is baptize. Basically, what this means to me is, is doing whatever it takes to get that person to Jesus, baptizing them into what God is calling them to do, baptizing them into the church. Next one is teach to obey. It's teaching them to obey. Walk beside them. Walk beside them step by step as they, as they walk, as they move, as, they are, um, as they're trying to follow Christ. And um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is, is a great author, has a great story, if you don't know him. Uh, is, is, is a, he was a German um, theologian. And one of the things he said in his book, he says, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. And that's huge. It's a big thing because discipleship, guys, is about meeting people where they are and helping them to get where God wants them to be. That's all it is. And that's, that's, that's what it looks like. And so as we talked about the five keys of a growing relationship with Jesus, that's what they are. Those five things is understanding salvation. If you want a growing relationship with Jesus, know what salvation is. Know what it means to be dead in our sins, but alive in Christ. Know what that means. Read Ephesians 2. Spending time with God. Get along with God. Make it a priority. Make it a part of your day. Get along with God. Pray, write, read. Get on your knees before God. The third one is waging war. Don't let sin just overtake you. Fight. Use the scripture to fight back with what Satan's trying to do in your life. He's trying to throw out the plans of God in your life. Fight back. Wage war. Number four is embracing the four cultures that we just talked about. And number five is, is making disciples. Those things. Is don't get overwhelmed in this, though, guys. Because at the end of the day, we talked about this earlier when I first came up here, is at the end of the day, a growing relationship with Jesus is always about just taking your next step, not your 20th step. How many of us get overwhelmed with how many steps will you have to take? We all do that. We all do. Are we, are we good? Are we awake with this? Are we on board with this? Because this is, this is big because that connection, well, the reason why we're doing this heart and soul is because we want to teach the people who are coming into our doors what we believe a, a, a true relationship with Jesus looks like. And then we want to help them take the next step, their next step, their next step, their next step after that. We want to walk with them through that. And so we would love to see you guys jump on board with this, in, with us because we've already had one um, heart and soul class. We had 20 people in it. People are jumping on board and they're, they're investing in what God is doing. And, this th and, you know, and so my heart behind this is for you to see like what it means to be heart and soul. You know, in order for you to understand that, in order for you to say, hey, what, it mean, what does it mean to be heart and soul? I know you taught me what it means to have a growing relationship with Jesus, but what does it mean to be heart and soul? And there's three things like, I, I think we can answer in that is, you know, what we believe as a church. At Connection, what do we believe as a church? You know, we believe the church is God's plan A, the only the only plan to reach and change the world. He set it up in the word. He set it up by sending his son to die for our sins and to rise again. The plan A, the plan A, as a part of this church, God wants to move. He wants to move you. He wants to move us as a church. He wants to move us from a consumer to an owner. The church for so long has been a bunch of people who have consumed. But why is that, do you think? Because we live in a culture that consumes. We have something called an American dream. Have we heard this before? 
It's all about us receiving, getting, um, getting more of things. Um, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a little nerd sometimes. Not everybody would, would say that about me, but some people might. Um, there's, a, there's a little chart I've, I've got, maybe. Yeah, maybe? Yeah, there it is. So say, you see, the first part is like when you come into a church and you're not saved, you're, you're, you give me some cool worship. Let me hear something. That's awesome. Let me, give me the word. Give it to me. Give me, give me this. I want to take it. Give it to me. Then when you start, God starts working on your heart. You become a Christian. You're like, man, this, God's changed my life. He, I, I see now that everything that I have done up to this point, without Christ, it meant nothing in a grand scheme of eternity. And so you become a member and then you become an owner because you own the vision. You say, I want to see people come into a growing relationship with Jesus. Not just Michael, not just the guys up here or the back or, or the guys in the blue shirt. I, I want to join in on that. I want to be, I want to see the people around me come into a relationship with Jesus. Wouldn't that be cool? If you were empowered to be able to say, hey, come to church, come to our connect group. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done in my life. That's what our heart is for a church is to see that happen because we believe God's church is the hope of the world. It says in scripture, is the hope of the world. The hope of glory is the Christ in us. And who we are as a church, we've talked about this, is why do we exist? We've talked about this a hundred times tonight. Why do we exist? We exist to, 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 to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And tonight we talked about what does it look like? The five keys. That's what a growing relationship with Jesus looks like. Where are we going? What are we going? Why are we here? What's the point of us being here tonight? God's called us to reach 10,000 people with the gospel who are giving generously, who are 80% of those people who are serving and in connectors. God has given us a very clear vision. 10,000 people is a lot. But when we started, we had 700 and something people. God has moved us into four other campuses since then. God is moving in this church and changing people's hearts. And people are coming to see Jesus. People are, are joining connect groups and their lives are changing. Communities are changing. God is moving in this place. I wanna serve a God that I may not be able to understand, but he's big enough to worship. He's huge. And how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna accomplish this? We're very simple, but we're laser focused. Worship services, what you're at right now, that's how we're gonna do this. Worship services, hearing the gospel. Our kids and our student ministries, connect groups. We talked about this a minute ago. Who's involved in a connect group? All these people raise their hand, that's awesome. And then missions and outreach, reaching out, reaching out to the community, being involved in the community, reaching out to people who need it and who God's called us to reach. And then always wanna ask yourselves, how do we measure our health is this. How are we doing with evangelism? You can do this at home. How am I doing with evangelism? How am I doing with serving? Is my heart for serving? How, how am I doing with community? How am I doing with generosity? Because we believe if every person is committed to these four things, we will accomplish the vision God's given us. It will happen. And so we want to be a simple church, guys, that, that has a laser-focused vision of what God's called us to do. And, you know, what does it mean for you to be heart and soul? What does that look like? What does it mean? If you want to be heart and soul, we ask, we ask four things of the people who come on board, and we ask you to own the vision. Like, own it. Like, this is not Michael's vision. This is not Connection Church's. This is my vision. I own this vision. I want to see people saved. I want to see people reached for the gospel. I want to see, I want to see a community change. I want to see my home changed. We ask you to become a connector. You see these cool blue shirts around here? 
I started, I'll be honest with you, I started serving because I wanted a cool blue shirt. That's back a while ago. I'll, those guys have some cool shirts. I want a shirt like that. You can do that. We're going to ask you to do a couple of things, which is pretty cool. Um, but become a connector. We believe that every person has a purpose. Every person has a person, purpose. Matthew 20, 28 says, tells us that even Jesus didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve. The next thing we ask you to do is to join a connect group. Get into community because we care about your spiritual growth. And the last thing we do is ask you to give generously to whether it's money, time, your, or your energies to, to give generously, to have generosity, to have community, to have serving, to have evangelism as something that's a part of your life. And, you know, if we're unified around the same goal, we believe, guys, that the best is always ahead of us. The best is always yet to come. And that we have tremendous things to look forward to in the future. And there's nothing in my, in my being that says we will not make it because I believe with all my heart that if, that if we are heart and soul for the vision that God's given us to reach people, to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus, then that's gonna be where God has taken us because he's put it in our heart. And this is exciting. This is so cool, man. Because if, if this is something that fires you up, which right now, I'm not sure. Are you fired up? All right, good. All right, so if this is something that fires you up, this is something that fires you up like it does, like it does us. We want you to jump on board with us. And this is, the, I promise, this is the last intro series that we'll be, you'll be doing here. This will be the last intro series. We're having, a, um, we're having our, our Vidalia Campus pastor come next week to introduce our reading plan as a church. Um, but if this is something you want to do, we actually have some things that on the, I'll be actually at the next steps table. We'll have some things you can look at and fill out and just jump on board. We can get you signed up with service with connect groups. We can get you hooked up and, and plugged into a church because we believe if you're plugged in, you're going to grow. And if you're plugged in, it's so important for you to, to get plugged in so that you can have that, that growth and that accountability. But and so tonight, I, I just want to kind of to end with saying this is like, where are you at? Are we, are, we in, are we in the shadows still? Are we kind of on the edges, the fringes of our faith? I believe I, I'm a Christian. I, I go to church. I'm trying this church out for the first time or the second time or the third time. But I, I'm not really ready to commit, jump all in yet. Where, where are you at with this tonight? There's two people, that, there's two people, two types of people, two groups of people that I want to talk to tonight before um, we go. The first group is you, you might be sitting here tonight and deep down you know it's time to turn your life over to Christ. You know, like in your heart, you may be coming here a few times. You're like, you know, it's God's just pulling at your heart. You know, it's time to move. So many times God would call me, he would call me in to do this, do that. And I would sit on my hands and, and pretend like he wasn't saying anything. And eventually, you know, he got his way. <laughs> but my heart, guys, is this, is that you would stop running. Are you running from God? Are you running from what he's calling you to do? You might, be, you might be living in sin tonight that you need to say enough is enough. I want to honor God with my life. Or we just might have never gotten around to it. We're just too busy with careers and family. We just might not have ever seen it as important. You just know it's time to get it together tonight spiritually. It's important. If you aren't saved, then everything we've been talking about tonight seems like a foreign language to you. I might as well have been speaking Mandarin Chinese up here. Because if you're not, if you're not saved, you don't understand the, what God is calling us to as a church because you haven't been passed over into the church yet. So my heart behind that, guys, is that if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ and this makes no sense, that's okay. It's okay that it doesn't make sense. What makes no sense, though, is that Christ came and died for us so that we could live for him. That's what makes no sense to me, is that he, that he would even have, he would even give us away. So are we choosing the comfortable thing? 
are we, are, we, are we choosing the right thing? Where are we at with that? Are we basing our eternity on saying, I believe in Jesus, but I haven't taken any steps of obedience at all? Because believing in Jesus means more than just, I believe the sky's blue. It means that you know him. You're relying on him for everything. I'm not talking about knowing who he is or facts about him or knowing a lot of scripture. I've said this four or five times. When you get to heaven, God's not gonna say, man, you memorized Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Man, that's, you know a lot of scripture. It's not what he's gonna say. That's not what he's gonna say. We have to know Christ, know him um, like we do our husbands and wives, the, the intimacy that you receive, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual intimacy that you have. You're connected with him. Do you know Christ tonight? Is tonight the night of salvation for you where you finally surrender your life to Christ? Is that, is that you tonight? So tonight, we at Connection, we ask you to be bold because what we wanna do is we, wanna, we want you to take your first step and then we wanna come alongside of you and take your second and your third and your fourth and your 100,000th step after that. And so tonight, is anybody here tonight um, know that it's time tonight to surrender their life to Christ and wanna do that tonight? Is that anybody tonight? Okay, great. That means we're all saved in here, right? All right. The second group I want to talk to is probably the person that's been like me for a very long time. You look at your life this week, you know, if you look at your, if you look at your life this week, were you full of passion and energy for the kingdom of God? Passion and energy. We fired up for Jesus. Going to work, fired up for Jesus. Coming home, fired up for, were you fired up? Or were you spiritually indifferent? Spiritually indifferent. This is where my heart was for so long. And Jesus talks about this in Revelation 3 where he talks about being hot or cold, but don't be in the middle. Be hot or cold, either be for me or against me. Don't, don't stand in the middle because if you're lukewarm, lukewarm water is good for nothing except being thrown out is what it says. Pick, choose tonight. That's what it's saying. What was Jesus saying? He's saying you're spiritually stale or you're spiritually detached, depressingly attached even. And after what I've done for you, what, what I've called you to do and empowered you to do, do you, even see, do you even seem to care? That's what I want us to see tonight, guys, is tonight he's, he's saying, he doesn't say that he's mad or like, it hurt. He, he's not only saying that it breaks his heart. In, in Revelation 3, it says he wants to spit you out of his mouth. It said he it turns his stomach. It makes him sick. And Jesus is saying this, your spiritual indifference doesn't just, doesn't just make me, you know, sad, it makes me sick. And so tonight, guys, how are we doing spiritually? It's just, man, I'm all right, I'm getting by. I'm doing my, my Bible study every day. I'm going to connect group, I'm going to church, I'm, I'm showing up, I'm doing these things. Is it just, eh, or do we have passion for the Lord? Because that's, that's what he calls us to, to see God for who he truly is and send his son Jesus to save us from our sins. That, that, that imparts to us a passionate life to live for him, a, a, a passionate, obedient life. And so what does it look like? An encounter with the Savior of the world, guys, changes everything. So we need to move. So make a move tonight. And I'm going to, just a minute, we're going to sing another song. I'm going to open up the altar. This is something where you're at, guys. If, if you feel like you're spiritual and different, I want you to just come get it right. We'll have people ready to pray for you. We'll have people at the back. If you want to pray with somebody, there's people available to pray with you. But make a move tonight. Don't just sit in the middle. Don't sit in that lukewarm space. If you know you have a next step that you need to be taken, we want to take it with you. Is it baptism? Is it to get saved? Is it to join a connect group? Is it to start serving? 
Where are you at? So take your next step. Let me pray for you, and then we'll, um, we'll sing the next song. Guys, feel free. This altar is open all the time, so just come get it right with the Lord. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to something greater than we deserve. God, we thank you that, Lord, that you um, love us despite ourselves. And we thank you, Father, that you're continuing doing, doing some amazing things in our church. Father, I pray that you would just move in the hearts of people this week, God, and you would change your hearts. You would move us closer to yourself, God, and you would just um, do just something right now in this, as we worship. Father, I pray that your, your name would be glorified and that you would receive all the glory, Father, and all the honor. Let me pray.